It's time for Making It Personal, a personalized SC podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Making It Personal podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Fersner, and today I am joined by some very special guests from the South Carolina Department of Education. We are joined by Stephanie DeStazio and Sarah Longshore. So ladies, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to give you guys a moment to introduce yourselves to our audience, and then we'll jump into the conversation. Thanks, Carrie. Um, really appreciate the invitation and excited to talk to you this morning. My name is Sarah Longshore, and I'm the director in the Office of Federal and State Accountability. And so I've been in this role since July 2019. And I am Stephanie DeStazio, and I'm the director of the Office of Personalized Learning here at the State Department of Education in South Carolina. And I have been leading this work at the agency since July of 2017. Awesome. Well, we're super excited to have you both here. And the conversation that we're about to have is going to be so exciting because we're here talking about the new South Carolina Education Flexibility Guide, Possibilities to Personalized Learning. So I'll start off with my first question, which is what exactly is the Flexibility Guide if you had to capture it in one sentence? If I was going to describe it briefly, I would say it's sort of a one-stop shop. Um, it, it just has everything in one place that you would need if you were trying, if you wanted to explore some innovative possibilities, if you were looking for avenues uh, to create some flexibility and you wanted a place to start, um, everything you would need to know to get started is there in one place. Yeah. And, and I would say if I was going to explain to someone the flexibility guide, I would say it is our attempt to build out a resource um, for districts that pulls everything together in one, one place with the ultimate goal of making existing flexibility transparent and accessible. So where did the need for this particular resource even originate? Well, kind of going with that need to make that transparent and accessible, I think that often what is in statute, what is in regulation um, is sometimes a little bit difficult to navigate. I mean, despite the best efforts of very capable people in our districts all across the state, um, you know, they're also very busy people. And so going to lots of different places and tracking down what was the, you know, what was that statute? How does it tie into, a, you know, a specific regulation? Um, doing a little bit of sense making. The first thing you have to do before you can make sense of any of it and figure out which might be the right pieces of existing flexibility for your district to leverage is you have to find it all. And so the need for this was how do we help uh, our districts by creating a resource that allows them to access um, and, and honestly just saves them a little bit of time. Yeah. And to, to add on to that, there, how many times have we heard schools and districts say to us, I wish I could do XYZ. You know, I wish there was a way that we could. And Stephanie and I are often like, but you can, you can do that. We can. Yes, this is how you do it. And so just sort of helping people to realize what the possibilities are. There may be flexibilities out there that they didn't even know existed. And so having this guide at least gives them a starting place to begin thinking about where they might want to go and what flexibilities they might want to take advantage of. Um, I also, you know, I have to clarify for folks sometimes that nothing in this flexibility guide is new. 
Um, it, it's all already out there. It's all in statute. It's all in regulation. Um, so a couple of people have said, oh, congratulations on your new program or this new, tell me about your new initiative. And I have to clarify, no, 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 nothing in here is new. The document is new. Um, but this is all flexibility that has been here for a while. Unfortunately, for our school and district folks, um, unless they know exactly what they're looking for and they know exactly what page on the SCDE website to go and look for, for it, um, they're probably not going to be able to find it. Um, if it, you know, so you can't look for what you don't know exists. Mm-hmm. So to that point, just having everything in one place has, um, I hope it's going to make it easier for school and district leaders um, to be able to, to access um, the flexibility and to know where to start. Yeah, I love that the point of this is to provide that transparency for everyone and that access. I was just going to add to what Sarah was saying and say that um, with that, pulling it all together and and making it transparent, we want to be able to make room for districts to focus on the implementation, right? Not on the trying to figure it all out. So if they have an idea and something they want to pursue, we wanted to make it as simple as possible to say, is there a path or an avenue for us to be able to pursue this? And then again, they can begin to focus on what might that look like and really focus on the implementation because that is where their expertise lies. And so we also felt like having a document like this would help us be better partners with our districts. Um, and we we really want to make that a goal. Sarah and I both have, have said, we want to be a thought partner. We want to help you navigate this journey. We want to help you get to yes. We want you to be able to do the things that you need to do to serve the students in your community well. Um, and so this guide is a tool to help us do that. Awesome. Awesome. Now, the guide looks at educational flexibilities through the lens of personalized learning. Can you share more about the connection between these two? Yeah. So, you know, I often say, and I'm sure, Carrie, you you for sure have heard me say this many times. Personalized learning is not a program. It is not a thing. It is the way in which we approach teaching and learning. And all educators in our state want to make learning personal for the students that they serve. And so as you are thinking about your approach in your district to teaching and learning and the vision that you have and what you're trying to achieve, the question becomes, what's the educational flexibility that you may need to leverage to achieve that district vision? And so that in and of itself is what makes it personal. Um, it's again, we're not we're not saying everyone is going to try to follow some very formulaic and programmatic way of doing things. It's really about each community, each district deciding how can they best achieve their vision for what works for their students. Thinking about that a little bit more, just thinking about your question, you know, how does these flexibilities, uh, how does it relate to personalized learning? What's the connection there? And it reminds me of George Kuros um, and his book, Innovate Inside the Box, um, which I think he co-wrote with Katie Novak. But um, excellent book. And it, it's sort of, that's that's how I imagine this. You know, we've, we've got this box. We have guardrails. We have um, statutes and regulations. We have rules that we have to follow. Um, but how do you, within those boundaries, how do you innovate inside of that? And and how do you, and there are flexibilities that exist um, to ensure that you are both still compliant, um, but that you are maximizing 
um, the flexibilities that are available to you um, in an effort to reach the goals that your particular school or district has. So I think there is a very clear connection. And I think until recently, um, you know, it was it was difficult for some folks um, to, to always make that connection. You know, what in the world would the Office of Personalized Learning and the Office of Federal and State Accountability have in common? Um, and that is that we are both trying to get you to that yes, as Stephanie mentioned. You know, we want to help you reach your goals in your school and your district, um, but also understanding, yes, we want you to be innovative. We want you to, you know, Take advantage of the flexibilities, you know, really think about what it is that you need at a local context um, to help you move forward in your goals, also still being compliant. Um, and so there is a, a very direct correlation there. And I think that Stephanie and I in this work, um, you know, I just really appreciated the partnership. Well, speaking of those flexibilities, I know that the guide um, I've had a chance to preview and it's very well laid out, very transparent, as you guys have said, awesome work. Um, and in the flexibility guide, for those who have not seen it yet, you do give some examples for situations where um, flexibilities may be desired, but they don't necessarily need state approval, whereas there are some flexibilities that would need state approval. So are there any examples that you can give for flexibilities or innovative approaches that don't need approval by the state? And are there some examples that you can give that may need approval by the state? Yeah. Um, so one of the things about word innovation is if it, we sometimes are limited in our thinking because maybe it's something we've always done in, in our own local district. Um, there may be local policies or local um, rules, you know, orders, orders of doing business that may be limiting. It may not necessarily be a state level statute or regulation that's causing um, maybe some some constriction or some restriction of wanting to get something accomplished. And so I think that's the first place is to know what is it that we're trying to do and then decide, well, what's the reason we we might not be able to do that? Because what we do find sometimes is it's a local, it's a local um, control piece. And so the good news there is if it's a local control issue, you, you don't have to involve the state. And so as a, as a small example, um, when schools and districts are looking at things like their math, at the way in which they build their master schedule, um, when they are doing you know, things along those lines, you actually, as long as you are meeting what you know, the, the state guidelines are, sometimes there are restrictions that schools and districts have placed on themselves um, because it's just the way they've always done something. And so if you wanted to change that or put in an intervention block or an acceleration block, which you know in, in some districts would be an innovation, um, you have the, the flexibility to do that. And as a great example, I think um, Lexington 3 School District did something a, a couple of years ago, um, which they call halftime. And they, for example, extended their lunch um, they put in uh, the ability to have clubs and activities during the school day, right in the middle. Also, um, student intervention, student acceleration, the ability for students to really connect both with one another and with um, adults in the building. And again, that meant they had control of that. They did not come to the state to make that change. Um, they tracked the data. They, they were able to see if that was an effective strategy for them or not. They have maintained it, um, actually have brought it, you know, with, with COVID, they had to suspend it a little bit um, and, and make it a little different, but it's, it's back this year. 
And so I think that's a great example of one way in which they worked inside the box. They made sure they were, you know, they're still meeting seat time minutes, for example, um, but they have manipulated their schedule uh, to allow them to have that flexibility of clubs during the day, intervention during the day, acceleration during the day, and making sure that kids are feeling that really tight sense of affiliation. Thank you so much for sharing that example. What about an example of flexibilities that may need state approval? I'll take a stab at this one. Um, <clears throat> there are uh, the probably the two most commonly used waivers at this point um, are either the impediment to a district strategic or school renewal plan or the uh, schools of innovation waiver. And so what these waivers allow us to do, actually, let me take them one by one. So the first one, if a district has an approved a strategic plan or school has an approved renewal plan and they have they have gone through that uh, school improvement planning process, they've got their the data to back it up, they have the goals, their objectives, um, everything's in there and the state department approves it. And then they realize um, that there could perhaps be a state board of education regulation that is impeding their progress in some way. Because of this regulation, they are having a really hard time or they're going to have a hard time meeting the goals that they've outlined for themselves. They can request a waiver from the state board of education uh, that will allow, uh, that will provide flexibility, will give them an exemption from that regulation. Um, and, and so there are a lot of districts out there that take advantage of this opportunity. Um, the, the, the helpful thing that the regulation does for us is that after one district has requested that waiver and it's been approved, then the state board doesn't necessarily want to or have time to hear every single one that comes after that that may be for the exact same thing. So it gives them um, the authority back to the State uh, Department of Education to approve what they call, quote, similarly situated waivers. Um, and so that that's that's actually not, it's not a difficult process, um, but that is a, um, so let me, let me try and give you a couple examples of what people have asked for, what districts have asked for. Um, the 1,500 minutes um, has been a common request um, for teachers teaching no more than four preps in a day. I mean, sometimes if you're trying to, um, particularly in the area of CTE or in fine and visual perform, you know, performing arts, um, there may be some instances in which teachers really would have to teach more than four preps a day. And that we've seen it often where you might have, um, for example, orchestra two and orchestra three in the same class. And so while it might on paper, it looks like two different preps, but you're really um, working with um, students in that class based on what their individual needs and what their level levels are. So there's that. That's the um, impediments waiver. And if a district wanted to pursue that as an option or wanted to consider it, there is a, a form on our website that makes it pretty easy to, to request that. Um, the other one that is starting to get a little bit more attention is the school of innovation uh, waiver, and this is provided for us in statute. And um, no district is, uh, they you can't have all schools in the district labeled as a school of innovation, um, but you can have more than one. 
And what it allows, it gives a little bit more flexibility because now you can, instead of just requesting exemption from state board regulations, you can also ask for exemption from some state statutes as well. Um, that's a little bit more of a formal process. Those always have to go before the State Board of Education for approval. Uh, there's lots of, there are some additional hoops that districts have to jump through just in terms of what's required. And they do have to provide updates once a year for those. And then every three years they come back if they want to continue, if they want to renew. And the one that I'm most excited right now to see what happens is recently in this last school year, North Charleston High School, who I think you were telling me before the podcast was actually a guest on here earlier. So I need to go back and check it out. But North Charleston High School was approved as a school of innovation. And I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with that additional flexibility. So really rooting for them, excited to see what comes of that. So yeah, those are probably, there are some other ones that would need uh, approval, but those are probably the two most commonly used ones at, at this point in time, at least. All right, educators, we know you all are working hard day in and day out to meet all your students' needs. The SCDE Office of Personalized Learning wants to celebrate you and the work you're doing. We want to help tell your stories, share your processes, and the artifacts you create as you work to put students at the center of their own learning. But we can't do it without you. So send us your celebrations, stories, processes, or artifacts to personalizedlearning at ed.sc.gov. Tag us on Twitter at personalizedsc or reach out to your Office of Personalized Learning Regional Coach at personalizedsc.ed.sc.gov. We can't wait to see what you send our way. So what tips or advice would you give to any schools or districts who are interested in um, being a little bit more innovative um, with their approaches and trying to uh, do as what you just said, which is trying to be innovative within the box? What advice um, would you give these districts or schools? Carrie, I'm going to go back to something we always say, which is think big, start small, and act fast. So if you can think what, you know, what are, what's that big audacious goal that, you know, you're trying to get towards, you don't have to wait until you have all the pieces of the puzzle and all of the things like, so you can start small and you can begin to look, like I mentioned, what are some of the local barriers? Maybe you start there. And then as you continue along that journey, you're able to, one, make a much stronger case for what you've already done and what you need to do next and why you need that flexibility. And so I would say that would come for whether you're going to your, your own local board to make a, a case for flexibility, if it happens to be a local um, policy that you need flexibility from. But to, to our point, you're going to come to us and you're going to fill out an, a waiver application knowing what it is you need why you need it. You've got to be able to articulate that. What's the regulation or the statute that you need relief from? Why specifically do you need that? What do you have? And then most importantly, we're going to ask you for how are you going to measure what your short-term, your medium-term, and your long-term 
success is going to look like if you get this flexibility. So you definitely have to be able to think through all of those pieces. So think big, but, you know, go ahead and get started. You can get started, you know, in very small ways at the classroom level, at the school level, at the district level to make sure you're ready for the pieces that may come. That would add to that. I agree with everything you just said, Stephanie. Um, I think that's really great advice. I would add to I would just encourage schools and district leaders, um, don't be afraid to reach out to the State Department. Um, we want to be thought partners with you in this work. Um, we want to, our goal is always to help you get to a yes. And so often I have um, districts call and say, uh, we want to submit a um, School of Innovation waiver. And once I start, you know, so I'm submitting it. And then once I see it, review it, and I start thinking about it, I'm like, they don't need to go through all this trouble. You know, there's a much easier way to get to where you're wanting to go. And so um, I, I think, you know, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call and say, hey, this is this is the end goal. This is what we're trying to do. What What's your advice for how we get there? And I think that, I, I mean, I know that Stephanie myself, anyone in our office, we're happy to have those conversations and to just um, be a sounding board for you and to provide um, advice where we can and uh, help you get to where it is you, you're trying to go. Yeah. And Sarah, one of the other things that happens often when we do get those phone calls, which by the way, I agree, we love those. We love talking about the possibilities and, and what might be. But another advantage of that is Often what we're able to do is connect districts with other districts who are trying to achieve similar goals or who have already tackled a bit of whatever it is that they're trying to do. And so that connection to other schools in our state, other districts in our state is, is powerful. And so, again, don't be afraid to reach out because, you know, we'll either help you figure it out or we'll help connect you to someone who has figured it out. Awesome. And speaking of reaching out, my last question for you ladies is if we have any listeners who would like to reach out, what is the best way that they can get in touch with you? Um, I do best with email. Uh, and so that is sclongshore at ed.sc.gov. Um, and so I, I am always looking at email, home, weekends, trips, vacations, I almost never put it down. So I'm, I'm usually pretty good about responding to emails. And sometimes it might just be a, hey, I've got a question. Can we set up a time to talk about it? Um, but that's the that's usually the best way to, to just make initial contact with me. My phone number is 803-734-8118. Um, and I always try to return messages that are left for me within 24 to 48 hours. Great, great. Stephanie? I echo all of what Sarah said. Reach out to me via email. Um, when I respond to you, I will have a schedule and appointment link on my email um, signature line so that you can access my calendar and find a time for us to connect um, that works for you. And my last name is sometimes a little bit difficult. So I'll give you two ways via email to get in touch with me. It is um, S-D-I-S-T-A-S-I-O at ed.sc.gov. But if that's a little hard and sometimes the S's and the, the they all sound like different letters. And so if you're, since this is a podcast, I, I will tell you um, the easy, another easy way to get in touch with me is personalized learning at ed.sc.gov. That comes to our office. But if you, um, you know, just reach out through that, um, I'm able to check that as well um, as are some other folks in our office, but it'll get to me that way. 
Awesome. Well, I have really enjoyed this conversation and I know um, hopefully our listeners have gotten some really innovative and good ideas of how to get started when it comes to being flexible in our state for the benefit of our students. So thank you ladies once again for joining me. We'll be right back to close things out. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Making It Personal. Connect with the Office of Personalized Learning by visiting our website, personalizedsc.ed.sc.gov. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend, and tune in for a new episode every month. We'll catch you next time on Making It Personal. See ya!